Thank you for that. All right, let's take our Bibles this morning to two places, 1 Peter chapter number 3, and then also um, Philippians chapter number 1 and chapter number 2. Uh, we'll be drawing from that uh, here as well. While you're making your way to 1 Peter 3 and uh, Philippians uh, chapter number 1, I'll be preaching a two-part message today uh, entitled One Spirit uh, with One Mind from our, our text verse uh, for the year. Uh, and uh, dealing with that, last week we talked about uh, steadfastness uh, in our text verse, and uh, we'll be looking at <clears throat> things like the faith of the gospel, what is that, the, uh, the gospel of Christ. Um, if you are uh, accustomed to coming on Wednesday nights, uh, we're going through the book of Philippians verse by verse, uh, and uh, we, uh, so we've get, we're getting a lot of Philippians. It's a small book. Uh, but it's my favorite one uh, and uh, of Paul's epistles in particular. Uh, in my Bible, it's so marked up, I, cannot, I can't even write any more things uh, in the margins uh, of my Bible in the book of Philippians. Um, it is a, a wonderful book filled with tons of practical stuff uh, that help us. Uh, there are a lot of things in the Bible um, that you might find to be impractical uh, when you study some prophecy, perhaps when you look at uh, the typology uh, in the Bible and uh, a number of things uh, will come up like, well, how is that going to help me to be a Christian uh, today? And, uh, and it's a hard stretch, uh, but I'm thankful for the very practical things that Paul gives us. Um, one, if, uh, for those of you who don't know this, um, one of the um, things that I do from time to time uh, is I do uh, some trainings and go to schools and different churches and, and stuff. Uh, I used to do it a lot more with uh, companies and so or like public schools. I'd go to a public school, and for a couple of days, um, I'd have all the teachers that uh, were there, and I would teach them. Uh, I wouldn't preach to them. Uh, they wouldn't let me do that. In fact, I wouldn't even let them know I'm a pastor until after the lunch break because some of them would turn me off. Uh, if they found that out that about me as well. Uh, I was also teaching uh, in a public school, and our kids at the time uh, were homeschooled. I didn't tell them that either because <laughs> uh, uh, they wouldn't want to hear from me uh, uh, either. Uh, but uh, as I would talk to a group uh, in a school, as an example, or uh, in a company, uh, I don't really know, I don't know who I'm talking to. Uh, and one of the uh, goals or advice in, in public speaking is to know your audience. So I wouldn't know. I'd have people that are there that from all different walks of life, different you know, uh, ideals, different uh, religious backgrounds. I'd have people that you know, were Buddhists, uh, you know, uh, Hindus to, to whatever, uh, Christians, professing Christians, um, Protestants, and you know, the like. Everybody, different walks of life. Uh, I didn't know what they uh, were going through because um, I don't know them uh, like I would know you. Many of you in, in here I know. I know you personally. I know you by name. I know, uh, I know where you live or uh, I know uh, things about your work and uh, your family and your kids' names and birthdays and stuff like that. So there's more of a knowledge uh, when, I, when I speak to you in a very uh, personal sense because I'm your pastor and, um, and there's history and in, in stuff uh, involved. With them, I don't have that. Um, and so I'm speaking very general uh, types of, uh, of terminology. Um, I would put enough of Christian testimony uh, in, uh, you know, uh, I'm teaching them Bible verses and they don't really know it. Uh, and, uh, but some of them, at the, after I introduce uh, the fact that I'm a pastor after lunch, they go, I knew it. 
I knew you were a pastor, and, uh, and by that time we're friends, and, uh, and so everything's all good. So I don't have that luxury when I'm preaching or talking to, teaching uh, people that, uh, that I don't know. But even though I know you uh, and the general things about your life, I don't know everything uh, about what's going on. Uh, I don't know what discussions you had uh, this morning or on your way in. I don't know if you're in a good mood or in a bad mood. Uh, and uh, I don't know a- any of that. You have all different pressures uh, that come from life, uh, family, uh, children, uh, grandchildren. Uh, you have different job, jobs, job assignments, uh, different you know, um, uh, schedules. Uh, we try to, of course, give a schedule, like I mentioned, uh, of the church. Uh, I, I feel like you should look at that and schedule around uh, so that you can participate. And by the way, thank you to everyone who came out uh, the other night for the banquet, and Brother Josh had come, and Miss Natasha did a wonderful job. Uh, we had threw out some of our games we didn't do, but we you know, we still had a good time, and uh, and I hope that uh, nobody left hungry. Uh, but uh, we did have, thank you for being here, participating uh, in in those things. So I don't know, uh, I don't know what's going on in your mind right now. Uh, I don't know what you're afraid of. Uh, I don't know what you're worried about. Uh, I don't I don't know. Um, Really, in a, in a room this size, I could even say um, we all don't believe the same way. Um, we, we have the same Bible, uh, but we have different um, upbringing. Some people weren't raised in Christian homes. Uh, I was raised Lutheran, uh, but the whole time before I got saved, I, I remember going twice uh, to a Lutheran church, uh, and I was sprinkled. I have godparents and uh, and so I came from that faith background, if you will, from the Midwest uh, to where people like, you know, they're Catholics, but they're, they're actually Catholics. And they, uh, they do all, the, they go to mass and they, you know, they get together and make pasties. Uh, you know, uh, some of you know what those are. And they make those for fundraisers. Like us Baptists, we do, you know, we do chicken. Uh, those Catholics in the, in the Midwest, they did pasties. And, uh, and they're a wonderful uh, but um, so we have different religious backgrounds. We have different uh, life backgrounds that form us and shape us. We're not a product of those, Amen. not a product of our circumstances. And that's what Paul's preaching about. He said, I can have joy. I'm in jail. Uh, it's, so joy isn't depending upon that. And he's trying to encourage them, the church at Philippi, uh, to, be, to be like him in that regard. Uh, to look at the persecution, the difficulties, the things that they're going through, uh, and to have the one, one mind and one spirit about it, uh, which is the crux of our message this morning. Uh, I said this on, on Wednesday night, and I got a couple of uh, raised eyebrows and uh, a little bit of confusion. And when I, when I said this, I said, I think that all of us should think the same way. And, um, and what I meant by that is in the context, the biblical context, of having one mind and one spirit. Um, all the backgrounds, all the history, all the years, all the water under the bridge, uh, we process things differently. But when we walk into the doors uh, of our local church, um, we set aside um, our schedules and plans, our goals, and, you know, I don't know what you got. You got, like, soccer practices, and, and there's basketball, wrestling. There's, there's a lot of things that that call for our attention in our time, and we all kind of go in different directions. We come into our church services on a Sunday, uh, and we get in the same book, 
and we sing congregational music together uh, as we sing to the Lord and we worship Him. And I can assume, even though um, I don't know everything that you're going through specifically in your life at this moment every day, uh, I can assume uh, that if you're saved, you love Jesus, uh, and you love this book, and your, your desire, of, the desire of your heart is to love Him and to serve Him, uh, because I give every Christian that benefit of the doubt. Do we all do that? No. Um, but I can make a, a safe assumption uh, that we all think um, on that same wavelength when it comes to God, you know, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, who He is, what He's called the local church to do. Because we're part of a church body, we also have a statement of faith and, and, and these things that we agree upon in that and church covenant. So I can assume safely um, uh, where you're at in your mind concerning those things which helps me as a preacher to not preach everything uh, that I know about things every single service <laughs> so that we can get out on time uh, because I'd be like, okay, you've, you've read this, you understand this, and you, we can move forward, all right? So I want to invite you to stand as we read our text, and, uh, and I'm going to be uh, out uh, in time today, so don't worry. Uh, but we're going to start in 1 Peter chapter number 3. And, uh, but again, keep in, keep in your mind, you've all, you've, you all got different stuff going on this week, uh, and, uh, and you all have your individual plans and calendars and stuff that you've got to follow. We all, we're not the same. Uh, we're all uh, created, we're differently, we look different. We're like snowflakes, as they would say. We're all unique uh, in that respect. You are a unique snowflake today. Uh, and uh, let's leave it at that, all right? Some of you, some of you are more snowflakey than others. <laughs> First Peter 3, verse 8. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Uh, be courteous. That's not being, you know, it's, it's, it's showing pity, uh, being pitiful towards people. Uh, compassion, by the way, without action is only pity. Uh, and uh, so we've got to make sure that we love and we have compassion. We, uh, we care for one another. Back to Philippians chapter number 1. And we'll read verse, just verse 27. And then we're going to read one verse from chapter number 2. Again, verse 27. Only let your conversation be as to become of the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together, for the faith of the gospel. Verse 2 of chapter number 2. Fulfill ye my joy. Who is this? This is Paul. He says that ye be like-minded with him, uh, having the same love, being of one accord uh, and of one mind. So one spirit, uh, one mind, one accord. Unity uh, is what he is calling for uh, and praying that that, that church at uh, in Philippi would have and that, of course, we would have as well. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message. Please help us from it. Uh, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, Satan is always uh, seeking to lead God's people astray. Uh, and uh, he's like a roaring lion. We've, uh, we've talked about that. Uh, this recently, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, we would uh, made mention last week that he just leaves Miss Half a Day alone uh, and goes after uh, all of us that have bad attitudes and, uh, and, uh, uh, and bad spirits about us. So Paul warns the Philippians uh, to not have any 
um, fellowship, have nothing to do uh, with these evil people uh, that uh, he is marking in these churches and he's saying that are going to come in uh, like wolves, etc., uh, basically drawn away. Uh, let me say this, that a lot of the um, religious error uh, in churches uh, that goes on today, uh, is they're not reaching new people. They're just, they're just bilking people out of other churches. Uh, they're not leading people to Christ. They're just, they're just taking people uh, that, uh, you know, from other assemblies, if you will, uh, and, uh, and, and growing their church uh, that way. So Paul, here and elsewhere, warns the Christians not to have anything to do uh, with uh, those who are causing division, these false teachers that are coming in uh, and, uh, and taking people uh, and leading people astray in their congregations and also from uh, without. Uh, and said that you've got to conduct yourself, in verse number 27, uh, in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. Uh, your conversation, your life as becoming the gospel of, of, of Christ. And so we're to live worthily. Um, we're accepted in the beloved. If you're saved today, say amen. amen. Uh, the Bible says we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're accepted in the beloved. Uh, I'm justified. Uh, I have the righteousness of Christ upon my life. Uh, and uh, my, my old account is settled. Uh, and it was settled at Calvary. I'm thankful for that. Uh, but even though I'm accepted by him in salvation, I still need to live an acceptable life, uh, a life that pleases him uh, in obedience to him. God, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Why, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Uh, so it doesn't take, you don't have to have, you know, a, P, a THD, a doctorate in theology uh, to understand the, the simple, basic biblical admonitions that God gives us uh, and uh, when in regards to um, you know uh, our salvation, but what do we do uh, after that? We're living sacrifices. We're to live a crucified life, uh, and on and on and on. I've got to walk worthily. Uh, I have to um, endure hardness as a good soldier to please Him who has called me uh, into the Lord's army, if you will. So even though you're saved, you have to live like you're saved. You have to talk like you're saved. Uh, and, and try to lead people to Christ, your, your light and your salt, testimony. Uh, and uh, I'm assuming that you all understand this uh, so that we can, we can move forward. If you, God doesn't just save you, you know, give you a home in heaven and then not expect anything else out of you for the rest of your life. Uh, you're to obey him and follow him. And, uh, uh, and the things that in your life that God brought conviction to your heart about the sin of your life, uh, and, uh, and you knew that hung Jesus on the cross and that he died for your sins, um, God intends for us to not go back to uh, those things. Uh, like a dog, it says, returns to his own vomit. Uh, and uh, and we're, not to, we're not to return, we're to press forward and go forward and run our race and strive uh, and, uh, and, and to produce um, uh, fruit uh, through uh, Christ as he lives in us and works uh, through us. And so we're to stand firm, stand against opposition uh, that would come our way. Uh, and, uh, and the Lord gives the necessary courage. He tells them to not be afraid in the latter part of chapter number one. Uh, and, uh, and he's dealing, Paul is dealing specifically with the church at Philippi, their attitude towards, um, towards God, towards persecution in particular, uh, and their attitude about Paul's imprisonment uh, and, 
everything that's going on, uh, both in Rome and in Philippi, preachers who are preaching the gospel of contention and strife and things that we've talked about there. So he lays out the case. Our conversation is to be as becoming the gospel of Christ. Stand fast, one spirit, one mind. Uh, and, and he says that to them uh, in the verse number 27. We get into chapter number 2, and I, I read this um, verse 1 uh, briefly, I think, last week or the week before. And I said there's a four-point message uh, right inside of that one verse. I'm going to give you those four points. It's not the message. I'm bringing us to a specific point here this morning, but we may talk more about this tonight. Uh, and so uh, this is kind of a, you can, if you're taking notes, you can call this the four ifs that produce um, a biblical attitude. Uh, in verse number one, uh, the Bible says in chapter two, verse one, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of, of the Spirit, if any bowels uh, and mercies. So briefly, again, I'm going to go through these quickly. I'll preach it another time. But these are the added, Paul's, he's laying out the case for them. He's switching gears a little bit. Uh, and he's, and he's, he poses a couple of questions. And the answer to these things, you know, it's, it's when, when you see if, it's, it's almost like since. Like since this has happened. Um, uh, and he's, he's laying it on thicker than he normally does uh, as the Apostle Paul. And he gives them four, four things that, that will produce the attitude that Paul wants them to have concerning uh, their church in the persecution. The first thing is, if there be any consolation in Christ. Uh, that word consolation, uh, I won't pronounce the, the Greek word because I can't, I don't know Greek, uh, but, uh, but, that, but it means to come alongside of. The consolation of Christ, if there be therefore any consolation of Christ, that same word is used uh, in places like in John 14, uh, where uh, he says, and I pray the Father, and he shall give you a comforter that he may abide with you uh, forever. The consoler, the consolation, the comforter. First John 2, 1 says, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate uh, of the Father, Jesus Christ, uh, the righteous. And so this is the um, uh, understood to be, if, if there's a Holy Spirit, if there's a, con a consoler, if there's any consolation in Christ, if there's, if there's a comforter, uh, a helper uh, that God describes in his word that will come, that we, we sang a little while ago, the comforter will come. Uh, and uh, and he, the, Jesus said, I'm going to leave, uh, but when I leave, the comforter is going to come. And, and I'm thankful. It's not that the Holy Spirit was, he, was, he is God, uh, and uh, it's the same Holy Spirit that, uh, was upon the uh, face of the earth and uh, in Genesis 1. Uh, but, but when Jesus ascended to heaven, the Comforter came down. And we see that borne out uh, in the books of Acts. So he says, if there be uh, uh, any consolation in Christ, if there be a Comforter, if there be a Holy Spirit uh, of Christ, uh, we understand since there is, because we know that to be true, uh, and so that's the first thing that produces a biblical attitude. If there's a Holy Spirit, if there's a comforter, uh, this is what's going to happen. Then he says, if there be any comfort of love. Uh, the comfort of love that he's referring to is the love uh, of Christ. Uh, and, uh, and so it's a uh, um, uh, phrase or whatever uh, that is made for the purpose of, he is trying to persuade them to do what he's asking them to do. 
He says, if there's any uh, consolation in Christ, if there's any comfort uh, of love, uh, the love that Christ has given to us, the love that he's given to us in his son, since, since Jesus died on the cross for your sins, uh, and, uh, and now heaven is your home and hell is not your home. Uh, Paul's saying, if, there's the, if there are those things, and then he gives a third one. He says, if there be any fellowship of the Spirit. Uh, that fellowship speaks of a cooperation uh, or a participation of the Spirit. Uh, and uh, is in, uh, he says this in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost. Uh, we have a communion and a fellowship with the Holy Spirit uh, in our life. Uh, Bible Paul describes this fellowship as a fellowship of suffering in chapter number 3. Uh, in Galatians 2, uh, he says, And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave me Barnabas uh, and the right hands uh, of fellowship. It's particip- participation and cooperation. He says, If there is a Holy Spirit, uh, if there's the love of Christ and what He has done, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if, if you are, if, if the Spirit of God is in your life and you're communing with Him. And so the listeners are going like, yep, okay, yep, one, I got one, I got, uh, I got number two, the, uh, God, Christ loves me and, uh, and uh, the love of Christ constrains me. Uh, and, uh, and there is, I mean, I, I believe that the, the, the Spirit of God is working in my life and I'm following the Spirit, I'm listening to the Spirit. I certainly don't want to grieve the Spirit of God or to quench the Spirit of God. Uh, I'm participating with the Spirit's moving in my life. So if there is one, and He's in you, and you're fellowshipping with Him, uh, and, uh, and, he, and He's just he's loading up. He's like loaded for bear. Uh, and, and He's just laying these out. And those who are listening, and by the way, you who are listening this morning, should be like, okay, yep, <laughs> all these things are true. Uh, and they are there. Uh, and, uh, and He says, and if there be bowels, and mercies. Um, it, not to get too deep into that when, you know, that word bowels in our New Testament, it speaks to um, an emotion and caring uh, and uh, like a heartfelt uh, uh, type of, uh, of a, a, a love. It's a, any bowels and mercies would be the kind of caring that causes us to become involved. Uh, it is the kind of caring that comes from uh, a, a deeper awareness uh, of, and sympathy for another person's suffering. So he's like, all right, um, he's like, if you love the Holy Spirit and you, and, and you love Jesus and He loves you, and, and if, you're, if there's a fellowship uh, with the Spirit and, and, and if you have bowels and mercies, because he's, he's writing from jail, he's asking them to identify with in a deep way in uh, in the uh, and to sympathize or an awareness of his suffering for them, uh, the suffering that others had gone uh, um, through for them, not just being in jail, but a lot of things happened to the Apostle Paul uh, along the way, uh, and uh, getting stripes and you know shipwrecks and all the stuff that had taken place. And so he says, uh, if you have these these four ifs, will produce a biblical attitude. That biblical attitude is humility, all right? And, uh, and so tonight in part two, we're going to be talking about um, that uh, in uh, more detail, humility. And you need to come tonight because the best person to teach you about that is me. 
I'm, sorry. I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. I'm, jo- I'm joking. Some of you are falling asleep. Uh, and, uh, and so that'll be part of the message uh, tonight. One spirit, one mind, uh, he says that we should have. We should think the same way. Um, we, we need to have uh, uh, you know, a, a heart for God and a love. Love Him with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our might. Uh, and, uh, but this idea of, of having as a local body, and He fitly joins it together. Paul, in great detail in the Bible, explains that if you're here and you're a member of this church, you, you think you decided to come here. I mean, you, 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 you looked up and you, may, and you visited places or whatever, it, whatever the process was, and you decide this is where God wants us to be. You have to understand and know that God places you into a local church, a member, a body fitly joined together. And, uh, and there's a purpose in all of that uh, that God bears out for us in the book of 1 Corinthians and, and, and elsewhere. So uh, we need to make sure we give uh, God the credit. And l- let me say this, if, if um, you know, he, he places you in and he should be involved in taking you out, all right, uh, and, uh, and to pray. But I wish we, um, you, know, uh, you know, we're not, uh, we believe the Bible in, in regards to all of that, and we vote people in for membership. Uh, and I wish I could say to somebody like, oh, Pastor, we're leaving. Like, we didn't vote. We didn't, we didn't vote. You know, the vote didn't pass that you could leave, <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know uh, we uh, certainly we don't do that. Uh, but there's times I, you know, like most, um, I, maybe I'll try it one time. I can't with you because you just heard it. Uh, but uh, somebody else, we're leaving. Not sorry, but the, there was no vote uh, and you got to stay and uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but um, it is a uh, one, it's a heart and it's one soul. It's a, uh, it is a, um, Whatever view you take about what that means, um, particularly when it comes to the seat of our affection, the, our, our mind, if we're thinking with our head or with our heart, and there's a connection. And I don't know, um, you know, medically speaking, um, um, how that all goes, but when God says we're body, soul, and spirit, and how things work, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh, and you think, well, I think with my brain. Uh, but the Bible says, well, the man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And there's a, there is a connection uh, that I don't think uh, even medical science has uh, figured out because it's a, it's a God thing. And so uh, what does it mean to have a oneness of mind um, and oneness of spirit uh, in a church? And what does that look like? Well, um, Paul, knowing that he, he says several times that they need to have one mind uh, and one spirit, and he says it again in verse number two of chapter number two, uh, and, uh, and then he deals with pride in the next verses, but then he gives an example. Wednesday night, uh, we looked at uh, Jesus as an example in this passage. Paul, in chapter number two, is another example that he gives, uh, and then Timothy and Epaphroditus, all examples of of servants uh, and humbling themselves in serving in very you know, detailed ways because he details it out for us, but he gives those examples. Then we, uh, we, we dug into that on Wednesday night. But he says this in verse number five of chapter number two. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So he says you need to have be like-minded with the Apostle Paul. In fact, he says elsewhere, follow me as I follow Christ. He says, this is what I believe, and I hope you believe the same way. I'm praying that you be like-minded with me. Uh, Tim, he says, Tim, he sent in Timothy, 
later on to care for you because no, no one's like-minded like him. No one will care for you the same way that Timothy cares for you. He has, he has the same mind uh, uh, about it that, uh, that I do. So like-mindedness with Paul, but then also like-mindedness with Christ. Uh, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And then gives uh, an example, really, that covers his birth to his ascension uh, in these verses. Uh, but, uh, but what does the mind of Christ, what does having the mind of Christ look like? Uh, and, uh, and how is it, um, how do we develop that in, uh, in our life? Again, every brain in here is unique, all right? Uh, some of you uh, have spent more time killing brain cells than others. Uh, and, uh, and so we're at different levels of uh, development with our brains with, from children. to So our brains are uh, wonderful things that God has created. We think, there's a lot of things that formed the way we think. We talked about that at the beginning. Some of you are like, you know, what am I having for lunch? You're not even keyed into what I'm even talking about. We think all of us different. But God says we're supposed to have the mind of Christ and to be minded that way uh, and to be like-minded. So how can I get everybody that comes in with all the stuff that you got going on to come into a local church body and think the same way? Well, God gives us the examples, and that example is Jesus. Uh, our, we, need to have, we need to think like Jesus thinks. Uh, and, and when we think like Jesus thinks, uh, then that will also... Uh, you know, be borne out in the decisions that we make uh, in our life. So what does the mind of Christ look like? Well, first off, it looks like, um, uh, well, there's a, a, a term called kenosis uh, in the Bible. And that, that word uh, that we use, it's a, a theological term to describe um, the doctrine of Christ, Christology, which distinguish, uh, uh, or excuse me, uh, the, the, um, the doctrine of Christ that deals with his divine attributes, how he um, left the throne of heaven and took on the form of a man uh, and the suffering and everything that came. So that's the kenosis uh, that, uh, that is there. And so to have the mind of Christ, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, is he gives that example. He says, this is what's going to help you to have a, a, a humble attitude and a spirit and persecution and difficulties, whatever it is, is to have the mind of Christ. And he, he left every single entitlement that he had, uh, and he, he came here and became a man. And so Paul's saying, you need to, you need to be like that. You need, you need to think like that. He, he says, no, no strife, no vainglory, no selfish ambition. Self needs to be set aside. When you, and it's not just when you walk into a church. That's how we're supposed to live uh, as a Christian. Uh, and dead to uh, self and, and all these things and following uh, the Lord. Uh, but he, he says uh, that uh, the mind of Christ looks like that. It looks, the mind of Christ looks like laying aside what I have a right to hold on to. That's what having the mind of Christ. Who, uh, did Jesus, does, does God um, have to do anything? And uh, I mean, I'm thankful for salvation, uh, but you know, there was a, a time in, in, in biblical history uh, where, where God was just fed up and he wiped everybody out. And, uh, and um, I'm thankful that he didn't do that um, with, with more generations or whatever, uh, and that God had a divine plan. Um, but, but God didn't have to save me. He didn't have to save you. 
Um, he doesn't have to help you and guide you through life. doesn't have to bless you. doesn't have to do anything. God doesn't owe us a thing. And, uh, and so, so when, uh, when Paul's saying, okay, what, the, the stuff that you need, church at Philippi, church at Puyallup, that you need to get through life, the attitude that will help you, doesn't matter what, if you're in prison uh, or if you're being persecuted uh, by your neighbors or whatever, what's going to get you through is humility. And the way that you get humility is by having the mind of Christ. Because who better, uh, a better example of humility, there isn't one that's better than Jesus. And so it's thinking like him. It's laying aside whatever you think you deserve. It's setting that aside uh, for the sake of the gospel. Uh, it's checking, it's checking your, you know, your attitude at the door when you come into church and say, I'm, I'm here today, I'm, gonna, I'm worshiping Jesus. We're thinking about the same thing. We're in the word of God. I'm in agreement to that. Uh, we're singing a song. I'm in agreement to that. I'm in agreement with my brothers and sisters in Christ and we're here communing with God uh, in a worship service and God is present uh, and, uh, and he is gonna bless us and speak to us uh, and uh, I've gotta lay aside what I think I have a right to hold on to if I'm going to be a humble person uh, and to have the mind of Christ. Uh, only by pride comes contention. And uh, when your pride is offended uh, and, uh, or my pride is offended, that's where the strife and the conflicts come in. Uh, but if you esteem others, like this passage says, better than yourself, uh, and what we talked about Wednesday, uh, you take on a, a whole different spirit and an attitude of these things. So having the mind of Christ looks like, uh, looks like laying aside what I have a right to hold on to. Um, having the mind of Christ uh, looks like humility and service. Um, uh, we, could, we could read... Uh, uh, all kinds of verses uh, about the service that Jesus had done um, uh, with, um, uh, you know, washing feet, um, praying, uh, and on and on. Uh, and we, uh, we think that uh, we don't need to do those things. I'm, 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 not, I'm glad we're not a foot-washing church because uh, I hate feet. Uh, and, uh, but um, that whole picture uh, is, uh, you know, the God of heaven, um, uh, serving uh, people. And when in the context of uh, biblical culture, when you brought somebody uh, you know, it, it, into your home or whatever, uh, and you, it, people wore Birkenstocks everywhere. Uh, and, uh, and so you had to, you had to, they had to wash their feet because they were filthy and dirty. So that's what you would do uh, when somebody came into your home uh, as a, as a hos- hospitality type of a, uh, of a moment. And so he says this unity of heart uh, and this uh, oneness of mind and oneness of spirit, it looks like humility and service. Um, you know, um, hey, uh, we need people to sign up for vacation Bible school. Count me in. A, a spirit of, 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 of humility and service. Uh, it's, it's helping what is coming to church. Helping someone find a seat. Uh, it's, it's getting them a cup of coffee. It's, it's whatever you can do uh, to be a blessing. That's what oneness of mind. It looks like, it looks like voluntary death um, for the sake of love. That's the example that Christ had given us. The mind of Christ, sacrificial love. It's about, it's about being others-oriented uh, and not self-oriented. Uh, and to have that when, when we're humble... Uh, we don't have to agree. Uh, when we're humble, uh, we don't necessarily have to hold the same opinion uh, in order to get along. Uh, we don't insist on holding on to what is rightfully ours. We can get along just fine if humility uh, is present. 
uh, if I esteem you uh, better uh, than me, according to these verses. So um, he's telling them to be unified because they needed unity um, in one respect uh, to, to resist their adversaries. Uh, th- those that were, you know, um, basically coming after them and wanting to kill them, they needed to be together. Uh, if, if, they, if they didn't all agree that, that Jesus uh, was important and that assembling as a local body was important, uh, when the persecution comes, then they would just, everybody would just scatter. Um, they, they, uh, they needed unity. And by the way, we need unity in our churches today for the same reason. Um, because it's, yeah, sure it was, you know, uh, you know, the pandemic and all the different stuff and, uh, and just, I feel like they're just testing the fences and, and, and pushing the limits and, uh, and Christians, you know, um, need to stand up, uh, and stand firm, uh, and, and, and have, and have unity. Um, but if, if we all don't agree that church is important, uh, then in those moments, then it's just like, it just everybody just kind of filters off and does whatever they're going to do. Um, they, the church at Philippi, uh, needed to have the mind of Christ and they needed unity uh, that came with that uh, to develop all the Christian graces, love uh, that he talked about in the first one, uh, to be uh, all of these things, they needed that. And then they also needed it to establish their faith, the faith of the gospel. Uh, they needed unity, they needed to stand together, um, and they needed to continue uh, in those churches and seeing people saved, not sh- shuttering the doors uh, because of the persecution, but to establish them, uh, that you may have one mind and, one, and with one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 15, 2 Corinthians. I mean, he, t- he talked about this oneness and in, in, in this unity in so many different books. In 2 Corinthians, he says, Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Uh, and so God's laid a premium on it in his word. And I think we, uh, as Christians, need to uh, have a, uh, lay a great premium on it as well. And so I'm saying all that this morning uh, to say God gives us four ifs that will produce a biblical attitude. That biblical attitude is humility. Uh, and, uh, and it comes from having the same mind as the Apostle Paul, as he stated out, but also uh, let this mind be in you, which is also uh, in Christ Jesus. Um, serving um, humility, uh, agape, sacrificial love, that's the attitude that I need to have. And if I have that spirit and that attitude, it doesn't matter if I have much or if I have little. It doesn't matter if I'm locked up uh, or I'm free. It, 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 doesn't matter if, it doesn't matter if there's an R in the White House or a D in the White House. None of that in this respect matters because I, I, I can have this peace and love and contentment that comes through this attitude that only comes through having the mind of Christ. Because if you look at it with your own mind uh, and you try, to reason, you try to reason out the decisions that are made, to say politically, you're like, what in the world? You know, it's just, you know, um, you see the, those bumper stickers that would say, you know, uh, Trump or whomever, uh, but the one that says, you know, uh, meteor, uh, you know, 2024, like they just, they just, they're, they're, they're hoping for voting for a meteor just to wipe us all out. <laughs> and, uh, and some days that sounds great. Um, 
but it's the perspective that God gives us with the mind of Christ. But we have to um, be transformed in the renewing of our mind. Uh, and, uh, and we have to bring our thoughts and imaginations under captivity uh, and have the mind uh, that Jesus, and by the way, this is all his mind. Uh, and, uh, and to us, I need to th- if I want to know how Jesus thinks, I can go to the book uh, and see it as well. And so I want to challenge you today to have that mind uh, that when you come to this church, knowing full well we all have different things going on, uh, that when you're, because you're a Christian, because you love Jesus and you love this book, uh, there's a oneness of mind and spirit that should be present. And when there isn't, whatever's fighting against that, well, I don't, I'm mad or I don't agree or whatever, we need to check, check those against the Word of God uh, and in our love for one another. I'm not talking about embracing some untruth or uh, sin or whatever, uh, but when, we, when we're like what Paul, the Apostle Paul is telling them to be when we're like that, um, you, get a whole lot, you get along better with other people. Not just the Lord, uh, but with other people as well. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let's all stand uh, with our um, heads bowed and our eyes closed today. And